we got to cut that first part because I was being a little bit of a dick, but that's fine. Peter, I have to tell you something. This weather shift into the warmth, I'm, I'm a new bird. I forget how much I dislike fall and winter. And it's not like a personal, uh, like, oh, I hate fall and winter. Like, I just forget, and I'm in fall and winter, and I'm like, I used to be more powerful. Well, it's because the sun wasn't out the whole time. And now that I am powered by the sun, unfucking stoppable Peter. I had a very good weekend. I had a very easy weekend, but it was there were still moments of stress. There were still moments of uh, worry, and I saw I, you moving that couch out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let me tell you about this couch. This couch—it's the last piece left in our old apartment, and I didn't move the couch until Monday. So I was actually through all my events. I had already wrestled. I had done a lot of things, and. You know, I wrestled after moving my whole house the other week, and that was there was a soreness that I had grown to miss almost from moving stuff. Like it's third floor. We went second floor to third floor. It's a lot of stairs. Your ass is sore. Your body is sore. You're picking things up and down. And I moved for a long time, and so I missed that soreness up until I got in the ring. And so now I was coming in not sore to move a couch. And let me tell you, sleeper sofa from upstairs, downstairs, and then back into another guy's house upstairs. He wanted the couch. We gave him the couch, but I had to keep reminding my lovely partner who was saying, there's no way it's coming out of the house. There's no way we're not even ready for this, that, uh, yes, it was coming out of the fucking house. And we heaved that bitch downstairs and we got that couch out of my life. And now I'm going to go visit my dad. I'm gonna get a new couch. He's been sending me couches all day. My dad works at a furniture store in North Carolina. Oh, fun. Uh, it was started by my grandfather and they own a lot of main street property in a town called Mooresville, which is race city, USA, NASCAR, home of NASCAR. And actually once in my youth, the better, the better kind of race. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There's still a lot of race problems in the race world, but we're getting better. It's kind of go hand in hand. But I actually, this is a true story with my uncle in my youth. I actually delivered a couch to Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s house one time. He lives outside of Mooresville. Got to see that place. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Killing it. And this was years ago, killing it. So I'm sure he's still killing it. Home theater, beautiful home, basement. And we brought that couch in. And my uncle just like couldn't give any more or less of a shit that it was Taylor Hart Jr. He was just like, where do you want it? All right, let's go. You know, I love being in wealthy people's houses for, uh, you know, this, but other people don't. I work as a production assistant sometimes. Yes. yes. And one of the photographers I work for specifically shoots for like interior designers. I have been in some ridiculous basements. Well, you talked to me about some of the art collections that you've seen too. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like you're at, you know, the Louvre with some of the stuff you're seeing. And they don't give a shit. It's an investment. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, eventually I'll get rid of that big piece of shit painting because it's worth a billion dollars. Yeah, you look over and it's an original Salvador Dali and you go, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like looking at it, but uh, it's going to pay for everything. I'm going to buy a yacht. You have to pronounce all of the words in yacht if you're very rich. All right, but let's go back here. Friday, chilled. But Saturday, Peter, I, I said this as soon as we got here. I felt bad because I... Didn't mean to exclude you. I think you would have had fun at this event, but I did. Dude, I was so sick. Yeah, I couldn't he said have you gone. weren't feeling well, and I thought maybe I it was couldn't just, have gone uh, if I wanted. Okay, to. yeah. Well, I hit up my good friend, our good friend Will, who is his dog Bebop, is the leader of the gang of dogs, uh, and I hope that they'll be spending more time together now that we're a lot closer. But I had purchased tickets earlier in the week, and this is—I talked to Will about this, and I may have even talked to you. 
there's sort of like, if you look at what's going on in Atlanta, like with the amount of venues, you know, we have the Masquerade and the Eastern and the Earl and like, there's just so many venues here of bands playing and Fox theater and amphitheaters and arenas and this, that if you just look like you'll be broke because I'll go see anything. And I was like, yo, Orville Peck is playing here on Saturday. I did not take a booking for whatever reason on Saturday. I don't know if I was asked or if I just said no to something, if I wanted to be home. I really wanted to get my house organized because like moving all the stuff in is one thing, but unpacking and resetting your life up in a house is, it's a nightmare. Don't you love that 20 minutes to find any one thing? Yeah. And you're like, where, where is this thing that was right next to this thing that we moved it across town and now it's nowhere and you just give up and you start ordering cords on Amazon that you return in two days because you find it all. I don't know if it's because of the podcast because I just don't trust TikTok in general. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's going to be a weekend at Effie's TikTok. Okay, please. I'm glad you've jumped into this yeah. because uh, TikTok scares the shit out of me, but it also makes me really mad because yeah. people put up clips of Effie and they get like 10 million views, but I get no benefit other than like, I guess people saw that Effie exists. But then I like repost them to my profile and I get not as many views and it makes me mad. So I leave TikTok. So I'm glad you're jumping into there. And just so people have like a little bit of this is stuff I have not run by you. And I'm just no, I love it. it. I love there. it. This is how we work. If you want to see an actual video of the podcast being recorded, that's where it will be. Oh, that's incredible. I'm going to record part of this and just throw that up. There. I love it. Someone um, asked me the other day about. Uh, hey, they're really good at YouTube stuff and we should record the podcast live. And I almost yelled at him right there and was like, like, how dare this is our sacred space. But as soon as you said you wanted to record it, I was like, yeah, dude, that makes total sense. So I don't know if I was just being defensive, but I'm fully on board for it. But know that you're going to see Effie uh, in full natural environment. The only thing I focus on is my voice here, which isn't even always great. Uh, but I'm dressed, I'm Which dressed I, to impress. What I love about this podcast is whatever you've been doing <laughs> shows up on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Well, now I get to finally live my truth, which is I 100% do not like wearing more than one or two pieces of clothing in total. Yes. I'm counting socks. This is that winter thing that you're, it's not that you forget the winter exists. It's like you don't have clothes for winter. I don't at all. And so I'm like showing up to Detroit in short sleeves and I'm like, why is it cold here? And they're like, why don't you think ahead? For more than 15 minutes, you know? I want to fit more shirts to sell in the bag, and I don't want to put my own shirts on top of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, yeah. It's all, at the end of the day, what are you oh, going to do? Oh, but what I was talking about with TikTok, uh, since last week's recording, I've been getting videos in my feed now of movers that have oh. to move hoarders. Oh. And, oh my God, dude, the visual is a nightmare. Yes. Like, it's... It's the nest, man. It all builds around that nest. I hope everybody listened to last week's episode. I went on a large story tangent. I've never told that story in full publicly before, so I'm glad it's out there. I have many more stories from my moving career. I talked to my good friend, Tom, who was, he was my assistant sales manager, you know, while I was GM at Two Men in a Truck, and he's now taken over the franchise of the number seven franchise in the U.S. now. So I was in the right move to get out of the fucking way because I couldn't give any less of a shit about coming to work anymore when I was going out on the weekends and being semi-worshipped by cool humans, you know? Like, why would I want to show up and deal with Betty, who keeps accusing people of fucking stealing necklaces that she finds a week later? I don't know this woman's name, but Tom actually filled me in. And this is, I have a, a circle theory 
about life where you meet a person and sometimes you think the circle has closed, but then the circle is open the whole time and it reopens and you never know when your circle with a person closes. So it's good to hear from these customers that like three years ago, I dealt with their dumb shit and now I'm hearing that they're coming back around and Tom called me and he said, yeah, this lady who she accused our employees of stealing, which I don't know if you know this folks, movers, when people are moving, uh, they're not that likely to steal your shit. Here's why. They are given so much shit while people are moving and not just like, oh, like, hey, we don't have room for this TV or this stereo system or this or that or do you guys want this or that? They get so much free shit all the time. They don't want your shit. They don't need your shit and we were paying them just fine. But she's got to call in and make some racist ass accusations about they must have stolen my necklace and they didn't. She called me back a week later and said, oh, we found the necklace. And I said, well, are you going to call and apologize to these guys for having to talk to the cops? She said, oh, I guess no. Well, she called back and said, um, my husband told me to call you. And a few years ago, we thought y'all had stolen from us. And so you're going to do this move for $1,000 at a discount and or I'm going to sue you. And I think Tom just started laughing, which is great, you know, because that's what a what an incredible calling back after to be like, I'm calling back disc- three years later oh my God. when they need a new move. <laughs> To go, and he said, you know, ma'am, we we didn't do anything wrong. It was you even told us we didn't, and now you're you want to you want to bribe us up front. You want to hold us and blackmail us up front to get a deal. We're not the company for you. People are always surprised when you say that, and it's one of my favorite things to do. Is ma'am, we're not the company for you. They go, what? Like you're supposed to be in the service, and you go. Yeah, no, you just told me you're going to try to blackmail me before we even got into what you're doing or moving. Ma'am, no. So it's lovely to hear these things. But as I've told Tom before, and as I may have mentioned, emotionally, it goes through me like the wind, baby. I used to hear shit like that. and I'd be like, oh, God, what are we going to do? There's so much anxiety in my life. No anxiety now. I mean, there's like minimal anxieties, but not like, oh, I got to deal with Brenda and the police by the end of the day, or we're going to have a real problem here. Uh, It's beautiful. There's different worries to have. But uh, I got off topic there a little bit, Peter. Here's what happened. I looked up in Atlanta on things to do. I saw that Orville Peck was playing. The last time I tried to go see Orville Peck in Atlanta, I fell the fuck asleep, man. I like got home. I was like, I'm going to go. Orville's playing. The Strokes are playing. It was like one of the big Atlanta music oh, festivals. And like literally just fell asleep. And sometimes Effie has to sleep. I, I know it's a surprise to people, but... I, I got to have my nap. So I saw, hey, Orville Peck's coming back. Let's go. So I get tickets. And this is of no, uh, this is the same thing that happened with Jesus Christ Superstar. And I kind of like, I'm not going to buy one ticket to something if I think there's a possibility somebody wants to come. Like I just, that's how I operate. And so I will always buy an extra ticket for my partner. And he'll be like, oh, I might, yeah, that might be fun. And then we get to day of and he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to go to the gay jamboree tonight. And I'm like, you know what? Like, that's totally fine. Uh, it is going to be a sad gay jamboree. And so Will had texted me a few days before that and said, hey, we're going to this blues bar. I'm going to this blues bar. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, dude, I'm going to bed. Like, effy sleep time is what it is. We're unpacking in the house. And so then Saturday, I was like, wait a second. I have this extra ticket. AJ's going to feel a lot better if somebody comes with me. I would have sold it there, though, because we'll get to it. Um we were Will and I were hanging out like a, maybe a week before this. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, they just moved. We're in Piedmont. Let's like go over and say hi." And we had just been talking yeah. about Mercury retrograde and how it's like you know stuff's coming back to you, and like you just random people from the past tend to show up. And he texted you, and then looks over at me and goes, "Oh, I haven't seen Taylor in like." 
two, three weeks to a month. I, I am the Mercury retrograde right now. Oh I'm my the gosh. one reaching back out. He's the reach back out. Well, it was good. And I'm glad he had contacted me. And like, you know, we see each other on a weekly basis, not just because of the podcast, but also like it helps that we have the podcast to do that. I don't always prioritize having normal friendship time. You know, I have a lot of business partners. That's what being an adult is, is having to find excuses to hang out with your friends. And sometimes that is doing a podcast. Yes. And it works. And the people want to hear from us. And so it's good. And I did see, you know, as I go off randomly here, a lot of people were picking up the uh, the aliens, picking up yeah. Lucy. Yeah. I'm really excited to see those pop up on the yeah, stream. Yeah, if you still want to buy some aliens from me, go to my Etsy site. It's on my Twitter bio, LowSkyDance slash shop slash LowSkyDance. LowSkyDance. Lowski Dance. Actually, yeah, it's a rip on my last name. I know, I love it. It's beautiful. I'm not going to give away all that info, but it's very interesting. It also spells out LSD if you're real clever. LSD! Like may have had something to do with the creation of it. I don't know. Who knows? We don't know. We'll never know, and we won't admit anything, and we plead the fifth. Uh, whoa, the fifth. So I text Will first because I said, well, the last time AJ didn't want to go to an event really that much, I texted you, Peter. Jesus Christ, super sorry. I thought, listen, from our religious backgrounds, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. And we had a great time. And so I texted Will. He said, I'm with Peter. I'm hanging out. I said, well, tell Peter I love him. But do you want to go see Orville Peck tonight in four hours? He was like, yeah, I totally do. This is incredible. Peter introduced me to Orville Peck. This is magic. And God bless Will. He is so much fun to hang out with oh because he finds such genuine joy in everything. <sighs> I wish I had a little bit more of that Pisces spirit. It's, he, it's, he jumps in that water, dude. He He's really ready. does. Like I usually go around like friendly talking to people and shit. That man puts me to shame in public. He's incredible. Like, and he just is looking for the joy in everyone. And I knew we were going to have a good time. But we get there and... The line is, like, we get there at 8, and doors are at 8. Like, it's a later concert, because homosexuals don't like to go out before, you know, 9-ish. And I said, well, shit, the line is really long. The doors are now. Show's at 9. There's an opener. He probably won't go until 10, you know, 10-ish. Who opened? Uh, Teddy and the Rough Riders, who we missed, because I'll explain. We saw the line around the block, and I go, this motherfucker's over. And Will goes, what does that mean? And I go, you know, like, in wrestling, if you're over... You get to do the Hulk Hogan moves, which is not much. And people are just like so horny to see you existing that like they don't give a fuck what you do as long as you're there. And these people were waiting, I mean, fully around the block. This is at the Tabernacle, which Will had never been to the Tabernacle. I historically have been to the Tabernacle many, many times. Have you been to the Tabernacle? I have. I the It's been a minute. I saw a girl talk there once, yeah. which was amazing. Amazing. Um, I saw Coheed and Cambria okay. and Circus Survive on tour together once there, too. That wasn't on the same tour. They weren't touring with Thursday then, were they? It might have been. I'm, I'm I don't sorry. know. I don't like Thursday. No, that's I've never okay. never liked Thursday. Well, I, I remember going. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I probably skipped them. a Coheed Thursday co-liner. I, was, I used to be a huge Coheed state. I also don't like Thursday that much, so I left before they played when I was there. So I wonder if we were around each other. They might have. Maybe. There's been a lot of really good bands there. I've missed a lot of Thursday. I've seen them once on accident. Yeah. Other than that, I've tried to avoid them. I prefer Fridays. Possible. You yeah, know, exactly. I can work Fridays. Um, I do, I do want to say I shared this story with Will and it's a little bit fucked up, but it's of my past and I think it's interesting. A lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I push the gay agenda, but I'll be honest with you, Peter, I'm sort of an all over the place person when it comes to what gets me riled up. And so previously I have dated women long ago and I broke up with this girlfriend in college. We had broken up and she 
wasn't happy about that. And she reached back out and said, Hey, I have an extra ticket to vampire weekend in Atlanta. Do you want to go? And I said, yeah. And so we went to this concert in Atlanta. There obviously was some hopefulness on her part that things would work out, but I really just wanted to see vampire weekend. Got my vinyl signed that the dipshit ex guitarist of the dangerous summer stole from my house. That's a story from another day. Stole my entire vinyl collection. Cody, who is not in the dangerous summer anymore, I think is in jail for robbing one of my other friends in Texas. The piece of shit. Uh, original Thriller, original Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Sign Fuck. Say Anything, Sign Vampire Week. Like, so many good vinyls Did got you say stolen. Sign Say Anything? Yes. I approached him in a Denny's and made him sign it. Max Bemis, wow. he didn't like that. Uh, it is what it is. I don't famously care. not a friendly person. <laughs> not a friendly person, but I did actually hook up with a girl in college because she thought I looked like Max Bemis at that time, and I did. Uh, shaved head, slight beard. I know how to transform if I need to. Did, uh, did I ever tell you I used to sign autographs as Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath? I, bl- I totally believe this. Did you put a little cross next to the name too? <laughs> no, uh, I should have done that. I signed an autograph one time as the drummer of Motion City Soundtrack. Someone thought that was me. We had the same weird haircut and we were both just like big old dudes. So we, it sounds like we can play the role if we need to. Uh, I just, I got sick because I, you know, like now I had long hair. I yeah. had my lip pierced. They missed the nose ring, which I didn't have at that point. But maybe you had um, it out just to. But you know. I was just kept getting so annoyed with people asking me like, you're Aunt Aaron, right? And I'm like, no, no. And then uh, there was a guy that stopped me at a QT and I was like, fuck it. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Praise the Lord. Under Earth is my band. <laughs> we are so fun. Where's the great divide, bro? Uh, I don't want to give away people's personal information here, but as we spoke, I texted you last week. We're going to get to the Orville Peck concert. There's a lot going on, and this is how the podcast goes this week. I had a really weird time at the phone repair store. I have to say this. Back to the story with the girl. We did not get back together uh, after Vampire Weekend, but God, they killed it at the Tabernacle. Incredible. Um, I... Fucked up my phone screen, which is pretty par for the course for me. It's like once every four months, I got to go get a phone screen fixed. And I went to pick it up, and there were five employees in there. And if there's one thing I have zero respect or tolerance for, it's middle-aged, older white men in management positions who, when you ask them to do something at the business, they are useless. So I walked in, and there's like four people being trained by this guy, kind of. And I was like, hey, man, I need to pick up a phone. He's like, no one can help you with this. And I told him straight up, I go, well, aren't you useless? And then a guy walks out immediately from the back as this other guy is, he's trying to keep it polite and he's pitching me that I could work there. And of course, I'm being kind of a dick at this point, Peter. And I said, no way, dude, I'm a fantasy person. We don't do jobs just with no other explanation. Why was he saying that you could work? Was he trying to get you a job? They're trying to get people hired. They they, They are desperate. The American workforce has said, go fuck yourself. Thank God. Keep unionizing Starbucks, unionize everything. Fuck them. Unionize Amazon put Jeff Bezos on a boat and sink it and see what happens. I don't give a shit. But a guy walks from the back and he says, do I know you from somewhere? And I said, do you watch wrestling? And he goes, oh shit, you're Effie. And I said, yeah, man. And he was like, nice to meet you. That's great. The other guy walks from the back as these people watch on. Like, as I just told this person, I'm a fantasy person. And then someone walked from the back and was like, oh my God, are you him? And I was like, it is I, him, Effie. And then I said, yeah, picking up the phone, the secondary guy who came from the back, who had originally helped me, said, what was the name again? And I told him my name. And the guy looks at me and he goes, are you kidding? And I go, no. He goes, that's literally also my name. The guy who recognized me as Effie has the exact same legal birth name as me. What the fuck? 
Very odd. I just had to share that because it was a very strange moment. I think he follows me on Twitter now. Shout out. I think he goes by the same name as my dad, though, which is even cooler. What's your dad go by? Billy. Billy. Oh, okay. Billy. Little Billy. It would have been great if uh, the sci-fi author that also shares your name I know. walked in at that point to pick up a phone. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, he's dead, though. He so is dead. Be... Uh, I did write all those books. I'm over 400 years old. Some girl said, you look young. Are you 24 or 25? I said, I'm 481 years old, ma'am. And then I walked away. Your deal, deal with the devil is making you age backwards. I know. I look fantastic. Honestly, here's what's really crazy. If I shaved my mustache right now, I would look 23. Like, I believe it. The mustache adds a lot of age to it. And hell, listen, I might go get a little more birthday Botox just to keep things tight. And that's not a deal with the devil. That's a good deal on Groupon, baby. There, I was listening to a pod, like, because I listen to mostly spiritual nonsense. Like uh, our podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and they're talking about how Botox actually, like, helps cure depression. Like, there's, like, a statistical thing with Botox and depression. Because yeah. you're, like, freezing stuff in. It's, like, the same, like, smile at yourself in the mirror and you'll feel better. Apparently, Botox Unless you're on mushrooms, and then it'll make you feel crazy. Um, We've all made that They mistake. use it in the back of the neck, too, to treat migraines, because you can actually paralyze a small part of, like, oh. in your spine that will reduce migraines almost completely. But I don't use it for that. I use it to look beautiful, and then it gets ruined by chair shots. It's fine. So, Orville Peck, over as fuck. The line is around the block. And when I tell you, like, I was like, man, should I, like, get real dressed up for this? I should have gotten real dressed up for this. People dressed to the fucking nines to come Damn. see Orville Peck, Peter. Orville Peck is over. But I said, listen, the show's not till, you know, nine. Let's go get pizza. So Will and myself go. We scarf an entire chicken pesto pizza about two blocks away at Slice. Delicious if you're ever in Atlanta. Really cool, fun spot in the middle of the city by the cobblestones that have been there since they wanted to call this place Terminus. Shout out John Gresham for starting Terminus in Atlanta, which is the original name of Atlanta, Terminus. Uh, and we finished and I was like, well, maybe the line will be gone now. No, the line had gotten longer Oh God! at door time to get in. And I was like, this is crazy. So we just got our asses in line. And now, you know, like I said, I'm a fantasy person, Peter. There's not a lot of lines I wait in. I don't queue that often. I'm usually just kind of let in. Uh, but I enjoy getting to wait in the line because you get to kind of feel out like what's going to be going on tonight. Like what's the vibe in the room. And the vibe was fucking horned up for gay country music. And Will, pretty familiar with Orville Peck, but I don't think he's like listening to all the Orville Peck songs all the time. But we're in here. When I tell you, man, it was otherworldly to watch this man. He hit every single note, be it low or high. And I believe her name is Maria. His uh, keyboard slash bass player slash extra guitar slash backup vocalist. Jumping ahead a little bit, she played the role of Shania Twain in the song Legends Never Die that Orville and Shania did. She sounded better than Shania. Ooh. Her voice is gorgeous. It has that, there's a slight raspiness in it. She can hit any note. And she's over there playing the, the percussion eggs, the keyboard, all the things that need to be played. And Will and myself are really enjoying this concert, but there are, in fact, a lot of pretty drunk homosexuals around, which I love, but they're loud sometimes. And there's a song by Orville Peck called Hexy Mountains. It's about... Uh, struggling with depression. It's about overcoming that. It's about not listening to the reflections of the mountains. And this guy for the whole concert just kept screaming, play Hexen Mountains, play Hexen Mountains. And you're like, brother, I think he's going to get to it. He's playing a lot of songs. Uh, and then I thought to myself, 
well, God damn it. Orville, just play Hexy Mountain. So this guy shuts the fuck up. So he finally gets there and he plays Hexy Mountains. And I go, what is this guy going to yell now? What's he going to, he's, and he went completely silent for the rest of the show. Perfect. Once he got what he wanted, it was done. So bands, if you have a song out there that people are yelling for, you know, don't change your set list just because of me, but just play the fucking song. If this dude, Jerry is behind me, just screaming about Hexy Mountains, just play it for him and say, if you'll shut the fuck up, we'll play the song because it's just, it's a little annoying. Not that annoying. Like I was cackling and enjoying the music. Will had a moment and he just looks at me. He goes, I feel like we're in a moment, man. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, it's like, it's like watching the rebirth of Johnny Cash, man. And I was like, yeah. And I also have to compliment Orville Peck because same reason I will throw in a free sticker or throw in something fun in a package. When I used to get stuff from bands or if they had something at the concert where you could win something or do something, I always thought it was awesome and above and beyond, you know, customer service performance wise. This man was giving out roses if you were just a big wild fan. And he gave out a few roses, but he came back and gave out more roses because he, he said, this couple right here has been making out all night and not even singing to the song. So they definitely get a rose because I love it. And he was just giving out more roses to the people. It was beautiful. And Orville also does the, the slow reveal. And he starts in a full suit. He's got the full jacket. It's all beautiful cowboy. The gold fringe down to the guitar. He's got just gorgeous guitars that he's swapping between. And then he takes it off and he gets to the vest. But he doesn't look at you when he's first in the vest. He was back to the stage, first time in the vest, playing the piano. And then he gets back up. And now it's the full, like, you're in it now. We're sweaty. We're doing it. We're vibing. And, of course, played an encore. And I'm... It sounds like I'm just putting over Orville Peck, and I am. I have never heard it that loud in the tabernacle. People were full-on just screaming for 10 minutes until they came back to the stage. Like, it was thunderous. They were stomping the floor there, which, you know, the merch is downstairs there. So you're stomping the floor. It's crazy. Will also got to be a part of one of my favorite things, which is uh, people knowing who I am. And so... I counted it. I think there was only three people that ran into me. There was another person who hit me up and said they wanted to meet with me and say hey to me at the show. And I'm sorry I didn't get to see you. We got hustled out the side door when the show was over. But my favorite version of this came from one fellow. I was waiting in line with uh, Will to get a beer and a liquid death water. And one guy walks up and he goes, you know who you are. I love it. And then he just walks away. And I was like, this is the greatest way of dealing. I took a few selfies with people because, you know, you can't. My ego's dead, but sometimes I stroke it back to life. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I also got a non-effy compliment, which I take those to heart even more. Because if you know who I am and you want to compliment me, that's beautiful. But it's easy to get my attention with some sweet sugar. This guy just said, you're fit. It's awesome. And I'll tell you what I was wearing. I was wearing my shaman shirt. I was wearing a red bandana, my jeans, and some uh, Adidas Sambas. Just like looking like I came out of a spiritual tent. But everybody else was so giddied up that I didn't feel like I was standing out. But he was like, you're out. You're killing it. You're killing it. And I was like, you know what? That is right here. Will and myself had so much fun at the show. We were out of there by midnight. But I had to go to Long Island. And I remember telling Will when I dropped him off, I go, all right, man, see you, see you soon. I got to run to Long Island real quick. And literally, it was real quick. Sunday, well, I guess Saturday night, kind of during the show, I got a notice from Delta that my flight was canceled. I had a 7 a.m. flight going into LaGuardia to get to Long Island. A little early, you know, but the show's at 5. It's an earlier show. It's an hour drive out there. 
And I get a message and it says, hey, they canceled your flight from the promoter who you'll figure out. I mean, you kind of know who the promoter is. I beat him for the internet championship. He said, but we're still going to get you up there. Your flight lands at 118 now. And I said, well, that's not that bad. 10, 10 o'clock to 118. But I looked at it. I land in Boston at 118. I land at LaGuardia at 430. Oh, shit. I said, dude, I don't land in LaGuardia till 430. If I hop in an Uber and go fast, like I'll be there. But it's got to be second half of the show. I'm going to make it. Well, I get to the airport, I get through, me and the TSA, we're on great terms now. Like We had such a good time together this weekend, we were vibing. Um, when I was coming back from LaGuardia the next day, which we'll get into that, but I have to shine this moment, my, my bag, I didn't have time to check my bag to get through security, uh, even with clear, because it is a fucking madhouse at LaGuardia. It's like they built the LaGuardia airport to not be able to hold TSA. Cause you're like, you walk in and you're already in the TSA line and you're like, this feels wrong. He opened my jacket, my bag and saw the jacket and he was like, damn, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a wrestler. And he goes, this jacket looks like Bret Hart on acid. And I was like, yeah, it does. Doesn't it? And I think that, you know, I think the secret is a dumbass book, but boy, you know, giving them my positives worked out and I'm going to keep giving them my positives and I'm going to keep being kind during that ritual because it's a ritual I have to face to go to work every week. I have to go through TSA and get on a plane. I'm going to be kind to them. I'm going to blow them kisses. I'm going to tell them they look beautiful and they're going to tell me I look like Bret Hart on acid and I'm going to go, yeah. Well, I get to Boston just fine. Boston airport, interesting airport, uh, just because there's a lot of people from Boston there. No offense to Boston, (laughs) but I was standing at the gate with uh, my Wrestling is Gay shirt on next to some college from Boston's entire wrestling team, all right? So not only am I just standing there in my Wrestling is Gay shirt, where the bottom says I love it, but very, very small. Very small. Like, really small. And they're like, I can tell they're over there talking some shit, like trying to figure out what they're going to do. And luckily, I boarded before things got weird, but... Yeah, uh, the wrestling team needs a full explanation of why it's okay that wrestling is gay. And I was hopeful that maybe through this interaction and discussion that maybe they finally fucked. You know what I mean? Like, get it out of your system. Y'all spend all this time rubbing on each other, putting on little spandex outfits, hanging out, you know, mashing each other's ears for fun. I'll get them with an oil check. Listen, boys, it's okay. Just get it out of your system. You'll be stronger as a team. Proud of you. Please don't attack me in the Boston airport. We get out on the runway, and they said, LaGuardia's too busy. We can't take off. Oh, God. We got to sit here for an hour. So I go, hey, hey, team, I'm going to be even later than I thought. Uh, I finally land on LaGuardia. It is after 5 p.m., and I said, listen, I'm, I'm coming. I'm going to do it. It's an hour drive out to this Long Island venue. The show has started as I land, and I get an Uber quickly, and Peter, maybe you can help me make sense of this. I get into the Uber. It's Christmas music. Excuse me? For a full hour from LaGuardia to Long Island, we listened to Christmas music. And in my head, I was trying to make sense of it, where I was like, well, maybe this guy thinks that, like, Americans just love Christmas music. Maybe it's just easy listening for him. You know, he was, uh, I believe, had immigrated here, which I love, uh, but was playing the Christmas music. And he said, is the music okay? And I go, yeah, man, it's awesome. And we listened to almost every Christmas song on the way. I took my headphones out. I was in it. I was ready. And I'm going, you know what? All day I've been seeing numbers on my phone. I see numbers everywhere. Two, two, twos, three, three, threes, four, four, fours. And we hit the tarmac, still waiting to get off the plane. 
I said, I'm not going to stress this at all. We're going to be just fine. We're going to get there. And I have to get there because there's something on the line with this match. I'm facing a lawyer, Smart Mark Sterling. You may see him on AEW TV. He has been with Jade Cargill. Wardlow put him through a table. I know he's starting a, uh, a group effort to try to get the also security guards that were attacked to join his uh, lawsuit. But Wait, on this he's day, a lawyer? Yeah, Smart Mark Sterling. He's a lawyer and a wrestler. It's interesting. It's a lot. So... It's it's not a I don't think it's a real lawsuit, Peter. I think it's a I think it's a kayfabe thing. Don't get don't get worked here, brother. Um, if I defeat this lawyer, I will get my very own Major Bendy's Hasbro style bendable action figure. Now, Peter, I've never had an action figure, and in my head, I think that there are a lot of guys who signed onto contracts not just because they got you know guaranteed money and they don't actually have to be over and they sort of can just be there and get paid and whether they use them or not they've got money and they might get an action figure, or there's the indie guys who are like buy my action figure it's forty nine dollars and there's only ten of them made by a guy who just fix other figures to look like me and you're like this is corny and terrible yeah, this is han solo what the fuck yeah it's a han solo rebuilt with pantyhose but i have gotten some cool custom figures from people before where they've put a lot of effort into them and they look cool but it's not i'm not going into it as a retail operation so i'm thinking okay all i gotta do is beat one lawyer uh which you know effie fought the law and so far the law has won so maybe it, it, it maybe it's not gonna work out but baby i got there just in time i got to say what up to scotty too hottie Got to say what up to the the uh, the headbangers, who I used to play as on video games. We got another headbanger story down the line here. Um, there was a lot of people there. Fandango was there. We discussed out loud with uh, Colt Cabana, who was there, that I had met Fandango long ago in an NXT meet and greet. And we got a further part of this story because I was talking to Colt Cabana, and this was WrestleCon 2015. I said, Colt, not only did I see you fight Jeff Jarrett at this WrestleCon, I saw Karen Jarrett get more heat than anyone. He said, well, you got to give me some credit for getting him heat. I'm the baby. I said, I know. You get all the credit. And he then told me that Fandango that weekend gave him his hotel room to use, which is very kind. You know, if you're an indie guy, you don't want to have to spend the extra money if you're going down for shows to pay out for your hotel. You know, Cole Cabana's a hustler. He's on AEW now, but that man taught me more about being an independent wrestler than about anybody else. And he also taught me that you can do anything ridiculous you want in a wrestling ring as long as it comes back to being about wrestling. And hearing that rule changed my entire brain because, yeah, I do anything I want now and I bring it back to wrestling. And I told him, I said, that meant a lot to me. And I said, and I saw you a lot that week. And I saw you do commentary uh, over a, uh, a Hulk Hogan movie. Uh, which was hilarious. I saw you wrestle a few matches. I saw you showing up a bunch of places. And then he told me how much he made as an independent wrestler that weekend. And I was even more proud. He said, I got Fandango's room for free. I made this much money and I hustled my ass off. And I said, well, I was honored to be a part of that. He is someone who is constantly motivating me. And if you want to see him on TV right now, not wrestling, he just played the Brooklyn Brawler on the Young Rock show, I believe on NBC. Uh, which is a very interesting wrestling show. It's in his second season now. It's all about The Rock coming up in the business and the people he sees. But he got to play the Brooklyn Brawler, a notorious jobber who never won a match, you know, barely won a match maybe once or something. Uh, and it was very cool to get to talk to him about that too because I know he had a great time doing that. Either way. Wait, okay, uh, sorry, I have a question about The Rock. Please. Because I keep seeing old wrestling clips of him. Was he a heel? He was a heel. Okay, because he's just a dick he's a dick and he's so nice now he is but here's part of it and this is sort of uh i took a little bit of 
of that energy from The Rock in a, in a similar way, but not exactly. Because when The Rock came out, he was pushed as this, hey, his dad was the uh, was Rocky Johnson. His grandfather was the great chief, Peter Maivia. He has a legacy in wrestling, and a lot of the Samoans in wrestling and the people of his culture have done extremely well, from Yokozuna to Rikishi to now Roman Reigns and the Usos are all of that same family bloodline. And uh, The Rock was pushed in a way where they thought that people would love him. They had him in cool, colorful costumes. But sometimes when you tell people you're going to love this, they think, well, am I going to love it? Yeah. And, I mean, people were chanting, you know, die, Rocky, die when he was debuting. They wanted to get rid of The Rock. And that's what gave him that attitude of, well, go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit about you. I'm the fucking Rock. I am better than this. And you're all jabronis. You wish you could be me. You wish The Rock would want to come taste your pie. And I think when I started getting baby face over, because I came in as a heal because I was working through things. You know, this was my therapy of I'm a gay, powerful man. I hope you call me something so I can get witty back on your ass and fight you. And that attitude is what actually what was turning me babyface. People were attracted to that fuck you spirit. People were attracted to like, if you don't give a damn who you are, if you'll fight you. And I think I started to think, well, I've got to act more like a babyface now, when in reality, The Rock became the babyface because he was a piece of shit to the people, and the people who said, yeah, you guys are shit, they followed him, but everybody thinks everybody's shit, so of course they all were like, The Rock's not talking about me, and when it translates into those feuds, and he's now, instead of referring to the crowd as the candy ass, or referring to the people as crap, he's referring to these bad opponents as these things, and being very truthful and honest, and talking circles around him, just an excellent promo, you have to keep that attitude and edginess to it because that's what made you a babyface with the people. A babyface doesn't always have to be, well, I'm going to try my best and I've worked really hard to be here and I hope I can be the next champ. It could be, I'm the greatest thing that's ever walked in this room. Everybody in the room knows it and now you are going to be destroyed by me. And that's just as babyface is saying, oh, well, here we go. I'll try my best. And so Effie and The Rock do have that in common. Now, conspiracy theories. I'm pretty sure they only created this show so that The Rock could get a babyface big turn before he runs for president down the line. I hope that happens. Win or lose, though, uh, it'll at least continue to send our political world into complete upheaval. Wish for the best. And if you're a current congressman or senator um, or work in any political field, I would say um, we don't need you anymore. We're returning to anarchy. The guillotines are sharpened. Watch out, because the French Revolution wasn't shit compared to what we're about to do. You're going, are you going to be violent? No, dude. We're going to bully the shit out of people until they hate themselves, because they chose this role because they were greedy fucks. If you want to be a politician, if you choose that, if you want that, you never should be a politician. We need a jury duty this shit. We need to say like, hey, Hank. You're going to be a senator for four years. And he's like, I don't know anything about it. And he's like, neither does anybody here, baby, nor has anyone ever. Okay, I'll have get off you, the... Have you seen Southland Tales? I have not. Is that, uh, is that uh, Justin Timberlake? Uh, Justin Timberlake's the narrator. Okay. The Rock is the main character. Oh. It was made by the guy who made Donnie Darko. It's weird as fuck. It's an unfinished movie. He needed like 30 million more dollars to like finish it off. <laughs> Oh, it is a disaster, but it's probably my favorite. Like if I had to pick one movie to watch for the rest of my life, it would it's be Southland. Just because it's got everything. It's insane. Um, before we get into me and this lawyer fighting, I have to go back a little bit because here we are on Effie's movie picks of the week. I went and saw the unbearable weight of massive talent. The Nick oh, the, Cage the, oh I saw that too. I 
AJ did not like this. He Aww. said he, because he was like, "It's just too meta," and I was like, "I know, it's just too meta." But there was that scene where the CIA is asking Nick Cage, "They're like, no, we like we did the research. We know it's this guy. We know the guy who did this." And he's like, "No, because my shamanistic acting techniques let me know he's not the one you're looking for." And the payoff of that is beautiful. I think it's magic. And Nick Cage really. You have to sort of destroy your own ego to be in a role like that because it's not like the whole time they're like, Nick Cage is so cool. Like he has to deal with a lot of things about how Nick Cage may have been a failure in certain aspects of his life while impressing all of us. But overall, highly recommend the film. If you like Nick Cage, it's great. There's if a- you like bromance movies, it's like oh. a perfect bromance. And if you like Pedro Pascal of The Mandalorian, oh, he's, so good. he's so good. And he's just, it's magic. It's a magic film. I need to go, I'll go watch it again. Uh, but I recommend it highly. And hopefully one day... We, I can be like Nick Cage or Nick Gage, who I also got to see at this show. All right, I'm fighting the lawyer. Here's what happened. The lawyer starts saying he's got all these rules, but he won't tell me what the rules are of this match. And so I keep getting fucked over because he keeps changing the rules. But in the end, let's be honest, Effie wins because Effie doesn't lose in 2022, except for when he does, but it doesn't count because you didn't see it. I won. I will be having my own major Bendy's figure. It's magic. It's cool. It's coming faster than you think. They said by July they should be in production and ready to go. Oh, awesome. But this isn't the only action figure of Effie that's coming out. And I felt a little bad because here's what really happened. And this is honesty here. I thought they were the same action figure deal, and they weren't. So now I have two action figure deals. But one of them is the major bendies, which are like the play with them toys. The other one is a little more of a, a detailed collectible. So... There's information coming soon on both of those. Very exciting times. You can own a little Effie. You can keep it. Please don't put pins in the neck of the little Effie. Please don't curse the little Effie. Um, But please add my human hair to the little Effie if you want to feel the real spirit, if you're an owner of the hair. I have to ship out the last order of hair. My hair is gone. Magic. But I am getting the figure. You were apologizing for having, because I'm shooting some stuff for you right now. Yeah. You're apologizing for having, I didn't text you this, but I was like, the, really the guitar is not that big of a deal. The hair, keeping that around the house, that was a little, that was a little much. Why do you have weird hair in a specimen container? Oh, it's just that he's selling it. It's, my friend is selling his I hair. I would just have to explain it to everyone who comes over, because m- most of the people I know don't, aren't super aware of you, or they'd be like, uh, okay. All right. Well, that sounds pleasant. But then I tell people how much I made selling my hair and they're like, oh shit, this is, you might be onto something. And I am, I'm growing more of it out now. I don't know if I'll sell it. I do know that this, this braid I have here, which is not braided as we speak, I will be eventually selling the braid, but the braid will go to charity. Probably to the Smithsonian, right? Well, I don't know. And I started thinking about this too. If you really historically go back on the Effie merchandise and the weird stuff we've done and the statues and the art, there's no way I'm not getting a wing in a museum. And Cassandro El Exotico, one of my favorite wrestlers who's worked with us on one of the big gay brunches, legendary Mexican wrestler, lives in Texas now. Uh, they had their own museum show with a ring in the middle with all the robes, with all the oh pictures. God. And it was so inspiring that I was like, one day... I hope to to be able to open the wing where people can come see it. But what I'm going to have to do for this is say, hey, fans of Effie, can we borrow some of the stuff I sold you? Because you know me, I have no object permanence really on anything. So like all of this stuff that is out, it's out. Like I sell everything, every flag, every fan, every pin, every shirt, it's out. And if it doesn't get purchased, like the shirts, 
I take them down to the Lost and Found Youth Center and they sell those shirts out there. So there may be some Wrestling is Gay extra stock down at the Lost and Found Youth store. I need to go there and see if your shirts are there. Oh, I bet it is. I mean, like, I, I brought a few over. Um, it's it's magic. I hope I hoped that we can get to that point one day where people can come see it and understand the story and understand the full picture because people get a lot of little pictures of Effie, but the big picture, they, they haven't even been revealed to it yet. We're... We're on the takeover. Uh, I defeated the lawyer. I got my figure. I went and had dinner, a very odd, strange dinner, and we watched the Stanley Cup Game 7. And I've never... We were in Long Island at a bar, and the New York Rangers are playing the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Grown men really like hockey. And this bar, they were screaming about it. And I just kept going, Hockey! And it wasn't even noticeable. And that's... If you're not a fan of wrestling... Just come scream wrestling at a show because I was just screaming hockey and I felt so good about it. Just hockey. And then I talked with two of the girls at the table about how hockey athletes are our favorites because they're always so fucking thick, Peter. They got those big skating legs. They got those. It's shout out hockey. If you play hockey, let me know. You know, I used to go to Thrasher's games just for the fights. Oh, the fights are great. A hockey team. I like when they fight. I like when they're thick. I like when they play. It's like a little. It's such a dainty looking game. Like you're like, you hear me say this, and you're like, no, it's not. But it's like I have my little stick, and I'm gonna slide it around the ice, and I'm gonna do a pirouette. But it's not like like that. But of course, like that's my perspective on it. Uh, Hockey, hockey rules. Love hockey. So. Afterwards, I got to hang out with Jimmy Lloyd, one of my favorites. We went back to the hotel. We watched Bar Rescue for a very long time. I felt accomplished that uh, I had gotten my own action figure confirmed to be made. And luckily, all the people in Long Island were wonderful. They were happy to see me. It seems like Long Island gets a bad reputation sometimes. And I've wrestled there before, and I've always enjoyed it. But I think it's because of MJF. So... MJF, stop giving Long Island a bad name. That's all I got to say. Hope you're well, Max. But stop giving Long Island a bad name. Everybody there is like, people only hate Long Island because Max is from here. And I'm like, you might be right. You might be onto something. But you shouldn't hate Max. Max is trying his best out here. He's doing, he's doing everything he can. Now, I had to get up super early to go to the airport. And in this time, I was on the same shuttle from the hotel as the Headbangers, who I mentioned earlier, who I used to play as on video games, who... And this crossed my mind as we were talking. We we're just outside talking. They live in Florida now. A rat ran by, and we were like, that's a big-ass rat. We were taking this in together. And I said, you know what? I didn't say this. I was thinking this. I said, what's crazy, and you don't know the headbangers, but what's crazy about the headbangers and Effie is we both have made uh, our image known to wear things that don't necessarily fit our outward gender appearance. Me wearing... Uh, fishnet pantyhose and them wearing skirts for almost their whole career, you know, kilt style punk skirts with face paint, just badass hardcore punk looking dudes. They're giant and muscular, but they were always wearing those skirts. And I was like, how cool is it today that we're here riding to the airport together, just gender fucking everything. And I don't even know if that's how they look at it, but like, I felt like a very spiritual connection there with the headbangers and it felt very magical to do. And then I got home, Peter, I got home. And I reorganized my house and I had so much fun and our home has gone from, and I'm sorry I wouldn't let y'all come over the other day, but you know, AJ doesn't like people in the house when it looks not put together. You know what I mean? So I wasn't going to put that pressure onto him, but we are getting to the point where this house is looking beautiful and looking right. And being across the street from the park, Cranberry is 
I mean, I think Cranberry is de-aged five years. She is running around like a puppy. She started barking in the house. Oh and, my goodness. And it, it's not just to go to the bathroom. She'll bark at me and I'll be like, what's going on? I'll be like, you got to go potty? And it's nothing. And I'm like, you want to go lay on the patio? Oh, she wants to go lay on the patio. And I've got to do some training with her because she'll lay on that patio as long as she wants. And you got to be a little mindful. Dog shouldn't be in the sun forever, but she's fine. And it's not usually that hot. But she will come paw that glass door when she's ready to come in. And I was like, ma'am, the last thing we need to do is have you break a glass door by pawing yourself in and being just too adorable and scared. But she's doing fine. Um, what a weekend. It was only half wrestling. Now, they didn't sponsor us this weekend. That's fine because I'm still going to tell you guys Thursday night. And maybe this comes out Friday. I don't care. Thursday night, Speedball versus Lee Moriarty on Enjoy Wrestling. It's for free. It's on YouTube. It's fantastic. We do not have a presenting sponsor this week. If you would like to be a part of the Weekend at Effie's team, if you would like to have me put over your shit, weekendateffies at gmail.com. Peter will speak to you, uh, work with you. Please uh, do not diminish Peter if he tells you the price and you don't like it, okay? All right? We don't need any of that nonsense. And if you have questions for us, if you want me to answer something on the air, if you want me to talk to you about something, if you've got worries in your life, Weekend at Effie's at gmail.com. That's where you go. And obviously, we're now going to be on TikTok. I do think we should set up a Twitter account for just Weekend at Effie's. I think it's beneficial, and maybe I'll get on that today, and we'll I'll sing you some passcodes. Uh, secondary to that, we are working on a project here that I think, I think, Peter, we're going to end up doing this for the Effie Lottery. I have to sort of, I'm going to have to go make some phone calls today. But the Effie Lottery is coming. I haven't figured the exacts out yet, but there will be some grand prizes. There will be some smaller prizes, and this is the first time a professional wrestler has had their own scratch-off ticket giveaway contest. Yes. It's going to be incredible. It's I always like trying new things, and I, I don't want, you know, I'm real anti-one percenter. You know, as a performer, I hope to one day get the $41 million that I need before Halloween, but I'm also someone who wants to be an economic superstar for people, and I don't think just because you've hoarded money that you should have the rights to these exclusive FE items. So I want to give everybody an equal chance, and uh, I think this is the best way to do it. You buy the lotto ticket. I'm going to sign every fucking lotto ticket so you have this piece of history, even if you lose, but if you win... There's going to be some really weird, wild stuff that you'll get to choose from that can come your way. So cross your fingers. I get this done in time. I would like to have it out in celebration of my 32nd human year, which is coming up very soon, uh, as a gift outward to the other people, to the people out there who like Effie. Effie's giving gifts on his own birthday by giving you the chance to win some cool, exclusive stuff that I will then have to beg you to give back for the museum show when we finally get the Met involved, right? It's magic. I yeah, I don't think um, Fonzie's jacket's going to fit because it's real tiny. Oh, Fonzie. My jacket will fit anyone because I'm so gigantic. I'm six foot five in the WWE, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Peter, what you got going on? Oh, uh, we have a question. Oh, shit. All right. This is from Eric. Hey, Effie and Peter. First off, I want to say I love the podcast and the camaraderie between you guys. The episodes always feel like the audience is going along for a ride with the storytelling. My question is, I'm having my bachelor party in Atlantic City for GCW COS. Hope to see you there. How would Effie throw a bachelor party in Atlantic City? See, now this is a this is going to be a question that I answer uh 
in my own little special way. If I'm in Atlantic City and I'm having a bachelor party, the number one thing I'm going to do is get a suite. You got to get a suite. It's a little more expensive, but those suites can hold parties that like fit 20 to 25 people comfortably. You don't want to be sitting in a room with two queen beds with the whole bachelor party trying to come in a pregame. You got a view of the ocean with the suite. And I'm talking about at the showboat. But if you find another suite with some ocean views, do it. But the showboat's a little cheaper. They got go-karts. They got an arcade. They don't have a casino. That's why it's a little cheaper. They have go-karts? They have go- they're have they opening the go-karts TOS weekend. I'm so excited. I'm definitely going to go whoop some people's ass on the go-kart course and then be asked not to return. My mom used to wreck people on go-kart courses, too. I'm glad I uh, took that from her. But I love... Wait, what did your mom do? My mom used to just like wreck the shit out of people on oh go-kart courses and not like right away but like if they were fucking with her or like rubbing the side or like cutting her on corners like she would wreck your shit if you were nine years old or a 70 year old woman she was like don't fucking try me on the race course she never said f words she was a very nice lady she's still alive i don't know why i said was uh we have go-kart rage i try not to have road rage but i can have go-kart rage i'm excited to have that in the showboat uh second though what you have to do is find a weird event going on. Now, not just wrestling events. They've recently had celebrity boxing there. They recently had Limp Biscuit perform at the Hard Rock Casino. They have karaoke nights. They have strip clubs. Go find something weird to be a part of. Now, the strip club thing is kind of a, that's like the old, like, oh, it's a bachelor party. We got to go to the strip club, this and that. But then, like, nowadays I see people having bachelor parties where, like, they play Dungeons and Dragons together or they go to a concert or they go out to eat and have something nice. Whatever you do, same thing I'm going to tell you if you get a birthday cameo. Do what you guys want to do. Make sure the bachelor is comfortable. Make sure the bachelor's future wife is comfortable. You know, a lot of guys I think think this bachelor party is like, it's your last night of freedom. But like, you're also engaged to a person and probably should be mindful of that. And the last thing I would suggest is to smoke so much weed. Just smoke all the weed you can. Get stoned as fuck. Eat some food. And if MLJ is willing to tell us where this fucking seafood restaurant is that he keeps ordering lobster tails and shrimp from that are the biggest I've ever seen, he keeps it a secret. He doesn't want it to get found out because it's like a hot place. If he is willing to tell you, get some seafood to go. It's in a big styrofoam container. It's the best seafood looking I've ever seen. I haven't even gotten to taste it yet. That's what you need to do on your bachelor party. I will be there for the second day, uh, that Sunday date, uh, June 5th, for COS. But I am 100% confirmed to be on the Jersey Championship Wrestling show that day. The earlier show, I believe it's a 1 p.m. show. Uh, I can't tell you the match yet. Can't tell you what's happening. But I have been excited to be a part of JCW for a while. And hopefully some people will come out early in the day to see me. Because I will have been up for a long time. Coming from Chicago the day before. One thing I think we should do, Peter. I should probably go over the dates here, right? Let's do it, yeah. I want people to know where they can find me. Uh, This Friday night. In Chicago, Freelance Wrestling. Saturday, I will be in Los Angeles at the Ukrainian Cultural Center for GCW. The following week, I am wrestling for Black Label Pro, for Pro Wrestling Revolver, for Versus Pro Wrestling, and for GCW in Las Vegas, the weekend of Double or Nothing, the 28th weekend, Memorial Day weekend. After that, I am doing Black Label Pro in Crown Point, Indiana, against Puff on June 4th. June 5th, we'll be there for COS and JCW. And then after that, it gets wild. On the 11th of June, I will be at River City Wrestling Con. I'm doing a match there, but I'm also doing a panel that I cannot quite reveal yet, but it will be very nice and very evil. And I think people will enjoy the panel that we're going to put on. 
On the 12th, I'm actually doing a seminar at Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express's school in Tennessee. So I'm going to drive from Jacksonville to Tennessee overnight. I'm going to teach the children how to wrestle and uh, curse their brains. And then after that, it gets a little hectic, even more so. On the 17th and 18th, I will be wrestling at Pro Wrestling Vibe in uh, Ridgefield Park, New Jersey, right across the river from New York City. And on the 18th, I will wrestle the first match on that show. And then myself and Allison of Bootsy will drive across New York City to Queens and wrestle a second show for GCW on the 18th. And then on the 19th, we're making our Providence, Rhode Island debut in Rhode Island. And I don't know what I'm doing on that show yet, but I know Allie is fighting uh, uh, Lufisto, which is going to be incredible. I don't know what Effie's doing. After this, this is the dumbest turnaround in history. I'm going to H2O Wrestling in New Jersey, the 23rd, which is a Thursday. Friday, I'm going to Denver uh, for Lucha Libre and Laughs. And then Saturday, I'm flying back to New Jersey to the same building for an afternoon show where I'm not going to tell you what it is, but this match is going to be fucking insane. H2O, take a guess. I'm sure you can take a guess. It's likely I will be bleeding that day. Uh, And then I'm going to go home after that. Uh, It's the end of my Pride Month moments. We'll get into July later. I'll be at the... I actually have to talk about this. I'll be at the St. Louis GCW show July 1st. July 2nd, I will be at Enjoy Wrestling, not at the GCW show in Pittsburgh, and July 3rd, I will be at Fest Wrestling in Florida, uh, not at the GCW show. So, if you're coming to see me at GCW for those dates, I am not at those dates. The rest of the crew will be there. A lot of new faces, a lot of excitement, and the Rock and Roll Express is having their last match in Evansville, Indiana, at the Coliseum. So that's exciting. A lot of dates, a lot of stuff. I'll try to keep you aware. It's not easy to find Effie dates. I know them, but I don't tell them to anyone, and sometimes it's just a surprise. But it's good to hear when people want to come see me. Peter, you got anything else for the people? Uh, uh, Instagram, Low Sky Dance, Twitter, Low Sky Dance. Uh, if you happen to be in the Atlanta area, I seriously need some new people to take photos of. So just shoot me a DM and uh, you can come see the aliens in person. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. The aliens will visit you. But if you're weird, he's going to call me over and I'm going to have to put you in a Boston crab. Yeah, just remember who my neighbor is. Yeah, I'm coming right over. And Cranberry will lick your face in dissatisfaction.